Welcome to the Giants Hangout, our weekly roundtable discussion as we recap the last game. Look ahead as well. Lance Meadow, Russ Salzberg, Howard Cross with you. A rough performance for the Giants on Sunday as they fell to the Cowboys 49-17. to They were outscored by the Cowboys 89-17 in two games this season. So we're going to focus on three different topics, as we always do each and every week. Number one, the volume of explosive plays by Dallas in terms of their offensive attack the Giants' offensive struggles, and the inability to get home against Dak Prescott with respect to the pass rush. So, Howard, I want to start with Dallas's explosive plays because I think sometimes numbers do tell an awful lot. And mm -hmm. the Cowboys had 10 plays for 20-plus yards, and they were spread across the board throughout the various touchdown drives. Brandon Cooks, C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup had the 41-yard score. They had nine through the air. They had one on the ground. And I understand there were some injuries in the second half where the Giants did lose two of their corners. But the Cowboys still put up 28 points in the first half. And the Giants' defense could not make consistent stops to get off the field and do any sense of damage control. Well, you, you have to start off with thinking that Dory Jackson's out of the game. So once Dory Jackson's out of the game, that kind of puts a couple guys in the game that, that aren't necessarily their best corners and, and starting. And, you know, at first... They got a three and out. They stopped them. They they uh, not they stopped them on a fourth down play. They look like okay. They're gonna have a little bit of a battle. And then they started looking for the guy and said, okay, well he's not usually here. Let's try to let's try him out a couple times. And and they could pick out and they could see what they were doing. They were looking for the guys that weren't starters and throwing the ball to the guys who were covering them. And that that is just basic. Football one on one, well done by the quarterback. Well, you know, smart enough to understand as a, as a game wore on, you could see him looking for guys. If Cook was over the guy, they would throw it at him. Uh, uh, Dornay Holmes was was the guy they were picking on a lot. Uh, you know, Cordell Flott did a good job most of the game, and then he you know tried to put a big hit. His body's not big enough to take big hits, so he was out of the game. And then by the second half, it was like they had you know uh, no Dory Jackson, no. No banks, no flat. That um, they were just out there with a with a guy or a group of guys that are mostly special team players, and if, at best they're supposed to fill in for a play here and a play there. They had to play the whole game. So, the first half you had one one of your starting corners out there, and and, and everybody else was trying to figure it out. Uh, by the second by the second end of the second quarter, more and more guys were out of the game. It was just that's just part of it. Well, they were certainly eating into the depth chart. I don't think there's any doubt about that. And Dallas, to your point, was looking at well, the different Giants personnel and so forth. You mm -hmm. said depth chart. I don't think they have a depth chart anymore. You know, that, that's well, because of all the injuries. Correct. Yes. They're absolutely, I, I don't say that to be funny. There is no depth anymore. It, it's they're down to, listen, from, from a third string quarterback, a practice uh, squad quarterback to everything. They're just, listen, the Cowboys were in that game, no one. We got a whole lot more talent than the opposition, and we're going to take advantage of it every which way. And that's exactly what they did. I mean, they did well, and that's why. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. I thought Dallas did a good job of understanding like who was on the field, so they could they could see it, and they were like, okay. Because the first when the first couple stops, I'm like, so wow, so I don't understand why Dallas is doing this. Like they should be trying to to go after a couple guys here and there, and they started to. They started, you know, uh, running trips a lot. Uh, sending guys deep and then sending one guy across the middle. Everybody was in a trail position at that point. You know, if you blitz, they started to roll away from the blitz if they saw it coming, uh, just so they could like have the passes to, to the to the guy on the open side. 
Uh, they put they took the quarterback out of I guess out of danger. There wasn't going to be a a, a big rush. You have one guy in, um, and, and Tray, Trayvon Tillardell he'd be in early. He'd play the first three downs, the first two downs, and then they would bring Ojolari in for the third down if there was a third down. So, you know, without there being, you know, a, a pass rusher, two pass rushers in the game at all times, it got a little, you know, it was, it was just hard for them to get to the guy. And that's been a problem in both matchups against the Cowboys this season. They did not sack Dak Prescott in week one. They did not sack him yesterday. And they also only had seven quarterback hits on Dak Prescott. And Howard, I understand that the shuffling of personnel impacts that. And they did not have Kayvon Thibodeau for the second half due to the concussion evaluation. But if you allow Dak to have as much time as he did, really, at the end of the day, to me, it doesn't matter who's playing on the back end in the secondary. He's going to pick that group apart because they have so much speed that they put on the field simultaneously. And that's what really Dallas, I think, capitalized on. Brandon Cooks, you saw yesterday why the Cowboys made that offseason acquisition. Because he had been relatively quiet this season, but he was having favorable one-on-one matchups, which is a big part of the Giants' defense, and Dak was finding him left and right on every single angle of the field. Guys, 640 yards of offense. 640 yards. I mean, what else can you say? I I mean, those are high school Pop Warner numbers. To me, listen... I understand, you know, just before we came on the air, you know, uh, we were talking and Howard made a good point to us saying, you know, uh, you got to be realistic about your expectations. Like, I'm not saying that I thought the Giants were going to be eight and two going into the season at this juncture of the season. Nor did I, though, think that they would be two and eight looking as bad as they are looking. I mean, it's just now. Yes, we say it. I've been a big, big proponent of saying Injuries, injuries, injuries. But after a while, okay, there's injuries. Th- this is the NFL. You got to live with it. You got to do something about it. We, we we always talk about complimentary football. We always talk about complimentary football. And I thought a classic example yesterday, a classic example, after the flat interception and you're at first down at the 12-yard line, you know, that's a chance. I didn't think the Giants were going to win that game. That's a chance at seven nothing. If they can punch it in, you get a little juice. Then, then you give your defense a chance to get a little juice and get fired up, you know. And then people are criticizing. I'm hearing some talk about, well, why would you go on fourth and two? Why would you not kick a field goal? What was a field goal going to do? Nobody, the Giants knew, Dable knew, the whole place knew a field goal wasn't going to do anything. But maybe if we can punch in, get a touchdown here, maybe it'll give everybody a little juice. It didn't happen, and that's all she wrote. I, I think when you get down there, you know, you're you're hoping for, you know, one of your bigger guys to come up and make a big play. I think that the interior of the offensive line in the beginning of the season, Coach was like, you know, and I'm not beating on Brandison and those guys, but Coach was saying – early in the season, before the season started, like, you know, the tackles, we seem like we have kind of under control. We need to figure out our guard situation. And the guard situation kind of kind of popped up its, its head in the game. Uh, the interior of the offensive line got demolished uh, early on in the game. You couldn't get anything going. And those inside runs and pulls were not working because when you were pulling, there were two guys in the backfield following the puller. They couldn't get the, anything going. They had to run. And later in the game, they started running towards the edges. Also, I believe uh, they weren't just running towards the edges. I think Dallas had more of a uh, pass you know, pass defense in, so it was easier for them to move the ball uh, for Saquon to get some get some yards at the end of the game. 
early in the game when they had everybody up and on the line, it's like there was nothing you could do. There, there is no uh, Tommy is a good uh, uh, scrambler. Probably he probably can run a, a little bit, but you can't risk running him in games because if you do, then you're going to Matt Barkley, who just showed up a, a week ago, and that that's just part of it. So it kind of eliminates a lot of stuff you do. You you kind of almost have to run spread, but do you trust? to run spread against that defense. That defense is, you know, they put a lot of pressures on quarterbacks. They get a lot of sacks. They hit the quarterback a lot, and there's a lot of turnovers. Uh, they pick the ball off a tremendous amount. So all those things are factors when you get down there. I thought when you got down there, if it were me, I, I would have tried to hit the edge a little bit. I wouldn't have been pitching it back, but I would have definitely tried the edge of the defense. Uh, I think that the 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 book is out on, on Dallas and teams are going to go after their edges. They're going to go after, uh, you know, Micah Parsons, who, who who is the greatest pass rusher and plays all these great positions. But when you run at him and put big guys in front of him, he has, he has trouble beating those blocks sometimes. So that's that's what I would think that, you know, going forward, teams looking at Dallas are going to try to do. They, they are they're a decent team, but they're a front-running team. And if you stop them, and they, you know, they showed it a little bit when the Giants stopped them the first couple of times, they were like, huh. Said, okay, well, we're not going to do that anymore. Let's just start throwing the ball to the guy. Well, that guy's not on the field. Let's start throwing at that guy a little bit and see what happens. And it worked. It was clearly a heavy passing attack by the Cowboys, to your part, Howard. And I think that Mike McCarthy and company went in and they figured that that was the way that they could go after the Giants, especially because of who they were able to showcase out wide at receiver as well as the tight end. But I think going back to Russ's point, it was a huge missed opportunity early in the game when the da Dallas Cowboys give you the ball at the 12. And it's still at that point a 7-0 game. And, you know, who knows what happens at that point. I don't think a field goal does anything. I mean, Russ, Zero. the Giants, they gave Zero. up seven the, touchdowns. The, the, the point, seven the touchdowns. Point, a field goal is not going to do anything to counter the, that. The, the seven touchdowns weren't to later in the game, though, guys. Like, when you were there, like, in my mind – you got to figure out, okay, we score a field goal here. And I think that they thought like we have to score as many touchdowns as possible. We don't know what's going to happen. But the reality of it is, is that when I look at the team as it stands today, knowing of all the injuries and what's going on, I'm just trying to let them get better, a little bit better every time they go out. I'm not looking to beat teams like Dallas and stuff, teams that are have Super Bowl aspirations. I'm like, okay, can we improve against them? And basically they did. They scored 17 points at the end of the day, even though they're, I, I think. But trying to improve the team as you go and having the team understand, hey, look, we're in a tough spot. A lot of guys are down. We got to try to show improvement every week. The big thing on defense is no pass rush. They are able to they're able to double Dexter Lawrence on every play now. So now he's going to have he still made a tremendous amount of plays, which was amazing. Not as many in the not as many in the pass game, but running the ball down from sideline to sideline as a D tackle was amazing watching him do that during the game. But he's not going to be able to get up the field and do a pass rush if you can have two, two, sometimes three guys blocking him because no one else is able to get pressure from the middle. And there was only one point in that game. I brought up the quarterback hits, the hit that. Dex had on Dak Prescott, if you recall, when Dak completed the pass to Brandon Cooks and Dexter got a good hit on him. Outside of that, there really wasn't another moment in the game. Now forget the numbers, where the optics told you, okay, they were wearing down Dak Prescott or they were perhaps opening a door where they could take advantage. And you know that's the other big issue. You, know, you didn't see opportunities for those game-changing plays to come to fruition 
and most important, capitalize off of them. And when you're playing a team like Dallas, to your point, Howard, okay, you want to see improvement. That's fine. But I think what Russ was bringing up is regardless of whether or not you want to see improvement, there's only so many few at-bats in a game like this where the margin for error is non-existent. So when mm. Dallas hands you that opportunity, no matter who the personnel is out on the field, that's not you true. Gotta Lance. Be able. Lance, you guys gotta stop doing that. Whoever the personnel is on the field. I appreciate your your compliments. I'm looking at a guy, DeVito's a nice kid. He's a great kid. If they if he had confidence, he has time to throw the ball sometimes. He has time. I don't know if he can't see. I don't know what it is. Sometimes he, he pulls it down, he tries to run. I was worried he was gonna get hurt if he did that a lot in the game. Later in the game, they try to design a couple of those plays for him. When you're down that close to the goal line, you need a kid, you need somebody out there like, okay, I trust this guy. I know this guy's gonna make a play for me. There's things that I watch on the team that I don't understand. Like when they're scrambling, every team in the league seems to have a scramble rule where guys come back to the ball, move around, and, and they they do, you know, deep guys come up, short guys go deep, guys on the far side come over, the guys on the close side go away. Everybody's scrambling, and everybody knows where to go. When the Giants scramble, it looks like they're just running their routes to completion. Well, you know what, Howard, I, I understand what you're saying, but nonetheless, whether they have somebody to make the big play or not, I'll still say you get the ball first down at the 12-yard line when you don't – you're not going to get but a Russ, lot of who's going to make the play? You guys are keep saying that. I get that. Who's going to make the play? But, but Howard, you're, you're – yeah, yeah, but so yeah. what he's – what are you going to I'm, I'm asking I'm asking you guys when I saw them at the 12 yard line I'm like okay at least they're going to get a field goal if no, they get a chance no, and it's I, like I maybe I'm like maybe they once if they run it off the edge when I saw the interior line fail twice I'm like okay let's see what happens you got to have somebody out there that you can trust Waller's not there for you to quote unquote throw the ball to the end zone Hodges maybe but he, you got to have somebody that's going to be able to break up when you got stuff on Gilmore standing out on top of your whoever's supposed to be the, the dominant receiver, he's standing over that guy. So then you got other guys on the inside. You got to have a way to do it. And if the quarterback is not secure with the idea, if he takes more than two steps back, he could get hit. I saw 17 points scored by a group of guys with a quarterback that was doing his best out there with uh, their, their big target at tight end is, is on, out with a hamstring injury. Um, the, his other big, big, big threat, the Hyatt that I keep hearing, throw the ball deep to Hyatt, throw the ball deep to Hyatt, was out of the game. And they finally, he's the, the tight, uh, uh, Cager scored a touchdown. Somebody else scored a touchdown. They kicked the field goal. That was points scored. The team hasn't been scoring any points at all. I say again and again, whoever watched the preseason, watch how poorly they played in the preseason. That's what they look like during the season. And some, now they're trying to get all their starters back. And every time they get a group of them back, another group of them go down. I'm watching a team that's injured, fighting to try to make plays. You have to, in my mind, and, and again, I'm not not a fan. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a person who's trying to think of how to, quote, unquote, help my team get some kind of confidence. I want the team to try to show growth somewhere, some way. Defensively, Dexter is doing all he can. He's the big, he's the big wheel. Trayvon, he can get there, but he's got to be able to get there all the time. What I'm watching from Trayvon Thibodeau, he's standing directly in front of the guy that's blocking him. Now, I understand, you know, everybody's in their systems or whatever, but he's standing directly in front of him. He is not beating anybody when he's standing directly in front of him. They need to put him in a wide nine, let him rush, 
go at them and like figure out what's going to happen on the edge. And when you do that, you open up a hole for the guys to run through, but they're trying to squeeze the defense down and keep guys in front of them, put them in a wide nine, and let them rush, make him, make him an outside rusher, like a true, true outside rusher. Just let him go. That's the only way I can see for him to quote unquote, get more consistent pass rush or get more consistent pressure on the quarterback. Once you do that, that opens up the opportunity for Dexter to get a little more space because now you can't squeeze Dexter. The problem is when you do that, you create gaps in the defense. And you saw a lot of missed tackles yesterday. A lot. Sure. That's the question. If you if you you can you can do things to create opportunities, more opportunities the way you guys are saying, hey, I want to create more opportunities. But to give something, you got to give up something. Well, we, I understand. We, I understand the excitement, and hey, they got to go for it, and everything. You got to give up something to get something. I, there's always some positives. There's always some positives. I do football from a reality standpoint. I don't do fandom. I watch it. I'm like, okay, how do we do this? Well, we got to give up that. They gave up seven tackles, eight tackles, right in the hole. Nine tackles right in the hole, like backfield guys in the backfield going after guys, missing them totally. You guys were like, hey, look, they gave up 600 yards. Yeah, they, if you miss a tackle, you're going to give up yards. Well, they've been giving up a lot of tackles all season long, though, Howard. That's, that's been a problem. Yeah, but, like, they, they had two games prior – I mean, before before the Oak, well, not Oakland, the Raiders game, they were like, oh, my God, the defense is coming alive. Yeah, they, that's that's exactly right. They what, It was coming alive. And then they, trade, oh. then they trade away their all-pro defensive tackle slash defensive end. And you leave one guy in the middle and you put all the guys in the quote unquote or spell guys that's supposed to give those guys a break. Your guy that played 70% of the plays is no longer there. You guys are like, okay, well, they should just still do it. I'm like, okay, I'm with you. I'm, no, with you. I, 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 yeah, I'm not I saying mean, they should still do it as as well as they had in the past, and which wasn't doing that yeah. very well. I'm, yeah, and, I, and, I, and it's not that I just yeah, it's not it, – it, it, you keep saying it's the NFL. Not every player – like, here's a great example. I have an expression I say with kids all the time. When I watch a field or go for whatever sport it is, you know, basketball, football, whatever, I say, athletes don't fall. They're like, what? So athletes don't fall. They might get knocked down, but they don't fall. I said that once at an NFL practice. You know what I heard back? Everybody on the field isn't an athlete. And I was like – Amazed that someone would say that about professional players. As I look out at the field and watch some of the games that, that we're that we're that we're quote unquote calling, trying to be as helpful and hopeful for the guys as possible. Everybody out there isn't an athlete. Everybody out there isn't a pro bowler. Everybody out there isn't a starter. Some guys were quote unquote like like Pew would say they were on the couch, and they called them up. Hey, we need you. We were excited when they quote-unquote, added depth to the defensive line. We were excited, but we didn't expect them to be playing every down. And that's what they look like when you play every down. Well, but in fairness, Howard, last season, the Giants did bring in some of those players off the couch, and the coaching staff took a lot out of them, and they were extremely productive. So, I mean... Playing teams, Lance, they were never even... They weren't even in a conversation. You're playing more teams that are quote unquote outside of the sure. Raiders. All the teams you're playing now have aspirations of trying to get to the Super Bowl. Washington will not have that when we play them uh, this coming week, but Dallas is going to have it. Philly's going to have it. Uh, everybody else that basically on the schedule is going to have it. 
you're not you don't have a patsy along the way you don't have a a let's get better team along the way you have to try to make sure that your guys while you're coaching them and you know the state of of fragile state of the the, the, the defense the fragile state of the offense you got to find ways to get better well you've already, I, yeah. heard, you've, you've already heard you've already heard Xavier McKinney say something out loud. You've seen other players like argue and stuff. That's what happens. Guys start pointing fingers and and doing everything. And it's hard to get guys to do their job when it seems like it's hopeless when you're playing. Well, but but Howard, see, I I think you're missing the point. I'm not arguing that the expectation should have been they should have put 35 points on the board. I don't think anyone is surprised. Yeah, yeah. You're arguing that they should be able to do something competent when I'm watching guys. I'm like, that's, that's a lot of it's not competent. No, but well, all, you know all what I'm saying is if they're not competent. Then, then what are you saying that they should be on the team that they should be in the NFL? That's a lot of guys that are playing that I'm watching that won't be in, they won't be on our, t- won't be on the giants next year. That I agree with. Yeah. And they won't be in the league next year. But, but, they're here, but they're here now. You, you have to go. <laughs> You know, you have to make them any better, but you have to compete. And I'm not seeing they're competing. Frankly, they're, com- they're competing at the highest level they possibly can. The guys that are playing. Well, I'll disagree with that. Well, really? but, but Howard, it, it's it's almost as if there was no point of them playing that game yesterday. The way you're talking, I mean, it's they literally not, they shouldn't no, even gotten out of the field. No, that's not having that has nothing to do with what I'm saying. I'm saying they're competing at the highest level that they are. I can tear them down the entire game. I can go through every play with you and tell you what I saw wrong. I can tell you every tackle that's missed. I can tell you every block that's missed. I can tell you when guys are running routes and they're not competing for the ball. I can tell you when the quarterback looks good making a throw, when the quarterback looks bad making a throw. But I know what I'm looking at. When a talent is that far skewed, you can fight all you want. It's like putting a middleweight in with a heavyweight and watching a fight. Or lightweight in with a heavyweight and watching a fight. Lightweight throws a lot of punches and he's moving around. Heavyweight hits him one time, he goes down. Well, I don't th- I, listen. I I don't think I, I don't. I'm not going to say they're not trying. That that would be totally unfair and disrespectful. And I and I don't believe that. Yeah, but I, but we, we always hear Howard. We always hear next man up. We always hear next man up. We hear it constantly from the coaches. We hear it constantly from the players. It's just, you know, when you're looking at a situation, I mean, listen, forget me or you or, or, or the fans being frustrated. All you got to do is look at the coaches and the players and see the frustration. You know, some of that griping on the sidelines, I, I think people are making more about that, that now guys are in disarray. I would want, I, I was glad to see guys annoyed and maybe getting in each other's faces simply because I don't want them to be happy when you're getting beat up like that. I want you miserable. I don't want you happy. I want you going at each other. Yeah, and I and I will continue to say over and over again, I'm watching what I watched in the preseason. I watched our backups play against other backups and get smoked. Not get beat, got smoked. Some and some of the guys that are that were backups that were playing in the preseason are on IR. And we're bringing guys in off the street to play. No, Lance, I'm not saying that you shouldn't play the games. I'm saying they're giving a lot of effort, but they don't have a lot of abilities. You can but call I mean, it up. You can draft it up. You can do whatever you want. Sometimes it just ain't going to work. I and Like I said, and what, do I, and what do I keep saying over and over? Please show some improvement. Show something getting a little bit better. 
and you'll see a little bit better this coming weekend. Why? Doubt. I mean, Washington traded away their two pass rushers off the edge. But what's what's what was the problem in this game? It wasn't Michael Parsons. It was the middle. The middle will get challenged again. And they have Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen still on the roster. There, and those two guys is. play in the middle. Yeah, absolutely. There, there you if go. If you can't protect the pocket, then those guys on the edge are going to feast, which is exactly what we saw a bit so, of yesterday. So you're, so you're going to see, so you're going in theory, what you would see in this game coming up, you would see them run at the edge a lot. You would see them try to get to the edge to keep those guys, the troublemakers, out of the game. Now, if they come out and they start pulling guards in the middle and trying to, you know, trap these guys, then you will know that I, they have a different view of football than I have. And I'm not a coach. And I'm not a coach. I'm just saying what I would try to do. No, completely understandable. And once again, when you see a team struggle in one area on film, the copycat mentality comes into play. You're going to try to test them the following week. So that should be expected out of Washington. But Howard, if we were to have this conversation before the season, even before the injury started, I'm with you. The Dallas roster compared to the Giants roster on opposite ends of the spectrum. So, you know, once again, the expectation is, you know, Dallas is a deeper and more talented team. The initial point that I was going towards, which Russell was Russ was alluding to, was the fact that no matter the talent, when the ball is given to you on the 12-yard line, the expectation would still be to get a touchdown there. That's the whole point. Whether or not you can go out and do that, I don't think that's asking know, for much. You, that's you, where you, I was coming from. That's you got you to understand, in normal football, <laughs> this would happen. But when you're watching it, you're not really watching normal football when there are like four guys in the backfield. When you hand the ball off, he's getting hit two yards deep. That's not normal football. Normal football is like, you know, man for man, you have like some, you have a chance in a lot of cases to do things. Now you just have to out scheme the other team. And that's what's going to have to happen going forward. They're going to have to figure out ways to out scheme the other team and really play towards other teams' weaknesses. If yeah, but that that's got to be the focus of everything they do is we're going to have success going towards other teams weaknesses. They're not going to line up and beat anybody. Well, no, I, I would agree with that. But again, well, how well, I'm just going to have to agree to disagree, because to me, you, when you are when you're lacking so much, as you're saying, and I agree with you when you're lacking so much uh, from playmakers and on offense right now, you're not going to get a whole lot of chances to, to score, score from within, inside the red zone. So when you get it at the 12 yard line, first and go, uh, first down at the 12 yard line, devil may care, go for it. You try and take advantage of that opportunity. That that's all Lance and I are saying. It's, and, it's, they, and guys, and I don't mean any harm. They did. They got the ball down to the two yard line or one yard line. and didn't get in. Now that's your expectation. They did what you wanted them to do. Zero points. Now, when they do what you want them to do and they fail, then you complain about it. I'm confused. Well, I don't think it's a matter of uh, complaining about it. To me, it's just no. a normal football yeah. conversation. Yeah. About yeah. Get it in the 12-yard line actually, vicinity. Actually, you should want to be able to score, Howard. I, mean, I don't think actually, that's asking for much. No, yeah. but the score, the scoring is kick the field goal. Let's let's go back and try to retry again. You guys said they should have tried to score a touchdown. They yeah. tried. They got down there. They got it inside the two. They couldn't get it in. And, right. they, and the decision-making is not up for debate here. Yeah, no, no, yeah. It's, it's not, not the decision-making. The decision-making was fine to go for it. Listen. Yeah, I'm not questioning. Guys, 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 
you're saying they when you get inside of 12, the expectation is to get some points. We would like a touchdown. I want you to try for the touchdown. They tried for the touchdown. Right. Did they, did they get the touchdown? No. No, they came up short. Sure. That's the conversation you're having. You're talking in circles about something that you're saying. That, that the expectation is for you to get a touchdown. No, but how are you? No, 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 that's, no, that's not the expectation. The expectation is try as best as you can because you know you're up against it. This whole conversation came about because you were saying go get points with the field goal. And to me, the field goal would have been a waste of time. They know, didn't get, I don't they, think anybody was going to feel good about a I'm field not, I'm not. I'm not saying that there's a waste of time. I'm saying take as, take as many points as you possibly can. That's how I view it at this point in the season. Because I don't – we have, we didn't score touchdowns, and I'm saying we because I feel like I'm a giant for life. We didn't score touchdowns when they had a full complement of players. Got smoked 40 to nothing. A week or so later, um, Saquon's out of the game. Daniel's out there roughly trying to get it done, getting hit a thousand times a game. A few weeks later, Daniel's out of the game. Most of the linemen are out of the game. They, they actually pull off one victory uh, uh, against Arizona – and, and, and Tyrod pulls off another victory somewhere down the road. And they had a couple of close games they could have won in the in the path. But they weren't winning those games by scoring 21 points. They weren't winning those games by scoring 14 points. They were barely getting any points at all. And my view of the team, as I'm looking at today, is take every point you can get, any chance you can get. I'm not arguing that coach should have gone for it or not gone for it. I just take points to try to give them some, okay, guys, we got something on the board. Let's go back out here and try it again. Let's go. Let's try to think of things positive for them to do. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying, guys, that you're wrong. Yeah, expectations for you to score a touchdown. Anybody else, yeah. Right now, they're they're struggling mentally, emotionally. They, 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 they're lacking confidence in a lot of different areas. Give them something to hang their hat on every time you get a chance. That's not fan football because fans want you to like, hey, go out there and kill them, figure out a way. Look, if I if I don't see a way in some cases, take every point you can get, every chance you can get. And I'm not arguing that they shouldn't try to go for it. There are a lot of things you could have tried to do down there that may have worked. Yeah, that's how it, to, me, the, to me, the expectation when you're down there is not the hope is to get a touchdown. I, you know, I'm not expecting this Giants <laughs> offense at this point. To, to get a touchdown. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying to me, when you have that opportunity, if you're going to get that close and the offense is struggling as mightily as they are, yes. I say go for the touchdown. They did. They didn't get it. I'm not killing them for not getting it. No, I'm, no, my whole discussion is go for it. Which is saying, I was just saying that the expectation, the, the what you expected them to try to do, they did, it, and it didn't work. That's all and I was saying. No, and you're looking at it from the results standpoint, and, and I don't think Russ and I are coming from the standpoint of, you know, shame on them because they didn't score a touchdown. It's just no, from I'm a not, football no. perspective that you should have the expectation when you get the ball where you did geographically speaking that you should have a realistic shot to get in. That's where we're coming from because of did. what the Dallas Cowboys did in a field position battle. That's yeah, all. And, they, and did they have a realistic shot? Did they get it down to the one? They did, but they didn't finish, I mean, at the end of the day. And I think what you're getting at, and this is where I wanted to move the conversation to, you were talking about playing the interior. Okay, so when you're in the red zone, Howard, the one thing you have to be able to do, what good teams do, regardless of the personnel, before you go down that road, mm -hmm. you have to be able to run the football, right? Inside the red zone, you have to be able to run. And mm -hmm. they did not effectively do that yesterday, and that was a major killer 
because A, you were playing from behind all of a sudden. You knew you had to be pass happy. So you're laying out the red carpet for the Cowboys, which we were talking about earlier. Mm -hmm. And here's the other thing. The down and distance on third down. They were 0 for 12 on third down, guys. They did not convert one third down against the Cowboys. Now, more often than not, you say, okay, well, why is that? I usually, I look at down and distance, right? There's a distinct difference between you face a bunch of third and twos or you face third and tens, third and twelves, third and forevers. You look at the down and distance, nine of the 12 third downs were for eight yards or more. Now, what's that a product of, Howard and Russ? I would say it's a product of not being able to run the ball effectively on early downs and taking a lot of negative plays, not winning the battle in the trenches, which is what you were getting at, Howard, giving up sacks. So you get sacked on first down. Now you're facing second and 16. If you run the ball with Saquon Barkley, he gets no gain or loses a yard on first down or second down. Now it's third and nine instead of maybe third and four. That to me was the absolute killer for the Giants, regardless of whether or not there were pro bowlers, there were middle of the pack guys, or there were guys that you just brought in off the street. I'm just looking at it from a pure football X's and O's standpoint. But, you know, I'll say this, though, since you bring that up, uh, like uh, uh, trying to get, you know, good yardage, manageable yards on your first and second down. Greg Olson brought something up during the broadcast, and you you didn't hear this, Howard. You know, look look where Tommy DeVito started. He started his first series of downs, what he started on the one-yard line, and then the next series, like on, on the six or the five, whatever it was. So yeah. Olsen, Olsen goes, I would prefer to see them throwing the ball, uh, the, uh, Tommy throwing the ball more, uh, you, you know, on his first and second down. So you get in manageable situations uh, on, on third down. You want a guy who's a practice squad quarterback. He's starting his game on his own one yard line. And you think he's Johnny United. So want him to start throwing a ball from the one. I thought that was ridiculous. Well, you know, the, the reality of it was when they made the stop at the fourth, at, you know, right at the goal line, I thought to myself, I'm like, that's a great stop for the defense. But yes. Yeah. It's going to have a hard time even getting started. So they got through that point. Then the next time they had the ball, they were inside the five off a punt or something. They're inside the five yard line. They're basically going through the same thing again. So when you're saying, Lance, that they're going to start third and whatever, they're going to start third and whatever because Dallas is going to lay back and say, like, okay. They have to run the ball. Let's pressure the run. Let's bring everything towards the run. Focus on the running back. Stay on top of them because they're not going to throw it out of their own end zone. And they did that. So then by the time they got, by the time those two series were, were over, they were down seven, almost 14 points. And everybody goes, oh, if they score right here, the game's over. I'm like, the game's not over. You got to still got to play the game the entire game. And that's when I'm saying that's when you start trying to think of things to do to try to show some improvements to, to give the guy some kind of confidence along the way. And it's hard to do when you're playing, you know, you're kind of playing uphill with guys that, you know, not necessarily supposed to be in those positions. It's just hard. The video's doing the best he can, third and eight. And they're going to have third and eight every every time. When they had third and eight, Stephon Gilmore, who's the lockdown cornerback in the NFL, he's the best guy you've ever seen dropped off to the eight-yard depth and say, you're not going to try to throw it over my head. You're going to throw it in front of me and then hope to get a, and hope to get a play. They throw it in front of him, he'd come up and make the tackle. And that's just it. They're like, they don't have enough time to throw it. I can just wait for him. They're going to throw a three-yard pass. I'll make the tackle at six yards. They're off the field. They got a punt. 
You, well, that's you, why you can see it. <laughs> the defensive stand that we're talking about when they basically had their backs against the wall, I wouldn't necessarily say it was a blessing in disguise. Granted, you don't want the Cowboys to score, but it was almost as if you put your offense in a precarious spot because if you remember, guys, on the first two plays, Saquon actually barely got the ball out of the end zone. They were this close to having a safety on two consecutive plays. Luckily, his forward momentum got him out of the end zone. And then at that point, and this is what I think you're getting at, Howard, you just are saying, let's give Jamie Gillen some room to at least try to attempt a punt. I mean, that's the goal then on third down. But what I'm getting at is, in fairness, though, not every possession that the Giants had on offense for the remainder of the game, Howard, was all the way back no, up against no, the end but, but after, But after those two or three possessions, what's the score? Well, like, it was 7 nothing down. for a little bit. Yeah, it was 7 nothing. after those early possessions. Yeah. 7 nothing. They go down and try to make a move. They don't, they don't complete the third down play. The next, the next series are down fourteen nothing. That's that's just the way it is. Because right after that, they're on the sideline looking like, okay, we know who's not in the game. Let's start going at the guys who are not in the game. Like if you don't score early, if you don't find a way to put like three points on the board, seven points on the board, something early, it just gets out of hand. Dallas is a team that's a, like literally the most. They're the most evident front running team there is in the league. When they play against better teams, better than the Giants, of course. And they get behind, they have a hard time. The coaching has a hard time. Dak has a little bit of a hard time. Like Dak threw two interceptions yesterday. If the game had been close, he would have like that's that's who we. Well, he threw one. Remember, it. Cooper rushed through the other one. Well, basically, right. same thing. But yeah. it, but that that's the person that you're going to see when things get tight, and they just weren't tight. No, not not at all. <laughs> well, one other thing that I want to touch on here, and Russ, I think you alluded to, and I think it's an excellent point. And there is going to be a lot of chatter when a team is two and eight and everything that happens on the sideline is going to be put under the microscope, even though it may not be a big issue. I think what you were hitting on, Russ, is I think we tend to forget these guys are human beings at the end of the day. And Howard, you could talk to this as a former player and to expect individuals to be robots and not react to the emotions of the game and not show frustration. Whether or not there's anything bad to read into, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm just saying, if you get down 28 nothing at the half, I'd expect a player to be pretty ticked off and irritated that his team is in that position. If it was the opposite end of the spectrum and they were smiling ear to ear, 100%. you would be even more irritated as a fan because you'd be wondering why are the optics like that when the score on the scoreboard is showing a lopsided affair. So if anything, you're seeing a team that is trying to fight its way out of early deficit after early deficit. And if guys are a little bit animated, it doesn't mean that they're going to war with one another. It simply means if you, Howard, myself, were in that position, we'd probably be pretty irritated and it'd be an unpleasant environment if your team is down by four touchdowns and you still have two quarters to go. And I think that's what is essentially being missed out within the dialogue. I think more. I think it's more of this, and like we're in the media, we're we're doing we're doing a podcast. We do we do uh, radio, we do TV, we do all kinds of things constantly trying to do. When you're watching a game, especially a game that's a blowout, you are looking for anything to have a story to make the audience pay attention. But especially the TV camera that that we concur one thousand yeah, percent. So and cool. they, you knew they were going to jump. Not only were they going to jump they, on them, but, but I would say this: yeah. the one thing that I was looking at when that was going on, 
two of the guys that they were focusing on because they were getting into it, Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton are yep. two of the very best guys in that mm -hmm. locker room. Like, not good guys, really quality guys in every sense of the word. So to me, when I'm watching that, I'm saying, man, frustration. They're just frustrated. They're fed up. They're disgusted. They're losing. They're, they're getting beaten, battered. That's all to me. It's frustrated. It's not like people, as Howard said, people are going to start talk about losing a locker room, losing this and that. They're fed up. They're disgusted. They're getting embarrassed on TV. They don't like it. They're not to what Lance said. If they were smiling, the world would come down on them. What are they laughing about? Why should they be laughing? They're not laughing. They're ticked off. To go back to what Lance said, so I've been on teams that were, were bad and we had tough losses and everything. And I'm talking about guys throwing chairs in the locker room, throwing helmets in the locker room, but the media's not in there when we're doing all that. Right. And we're all pissed off. I've seen guys, I've seen coaches yell at guys and guys yell back at coaches in the locker room, nose to nose, people holding each other apart and everything. You don't get to see that because that's part of the that's the home or that's your house, that's your family, family squabbles and stuff. The only time you see somebody yell is on the sideline and we digest this game at such a high rate. We're looking for anything we possibly can. You want the action to be on the field, but when there's not a lot of action on the field, you turn to the sideline to try to see what's going on and see, well, let's see how they feel. Maybe somebody's shoulders are slooped. Maybe somebody's head is down. So we can say that they, they don't have the mentality for it. Oh, look, they're fighting and arguing. Maybe coaches lose in the locker room. Uh, like, until I heard Josh, the guy in, in Oak, um, not keep saying Oak, Vegas, I never really heard of someone actually quote unquote losing the locker room like that. The, the old days, you 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 might be mad, you might be angry, but you kept fighting. You just kept fighting. You're gonna lose a lot of games. You're, like I used to play the New Orleans Saints forever. They were a bad team, but man, you leave the game, you had bumps and bruises and cuts. Like it was just a fight. And that's kind of the mentality the guys have to take on. Like, hey, look, you might win, but it's going to be a fight the entire game. But today, you, you know, like I said, we digested it at a different level in a different way. Like in this different ages, like Russ, you, you, you're a little older than me. Lance, I'm a lot older than you. So we, <laughs> we look at it in three different ways. And, and like I look at it from the standpoint of, hey, look, any any progress you make, any things you can hang your hat on, there's things that can help you get better the following week. You always want something to praise. You cannot like you can win a game twenty-eight to nothing and tear the team down the entire game. You can lose a game twenty-eight nothing and find little things like, hey, look, we improved a little bit here. Let's try to get better at this spot. I know we made some mistakes here. We're going to correct the mistakes, but let's look at what we improved on. And that's just messaging at that point. So as, as an athlete, I always as an athlete, I always tell people like, look, man. You can find something wrong with anything you do. You can catch a touchdown pass spinning like like the like the Odell Beckham pass. You know what someone would say? Why are you catching it with one hand? Why couldn't you get two hands on it? <laughs> and that's the truth. So, like, try to find things to hang your hat on. Try to find things that are positive. Next week, you, you know, we got this. This is what we had the week before. And then you got McLaren playing. Uh, and he's one of the better receivers in, in the league. Yes, he you is. Got, you got Banks that left the game with an ankle. You got Flott that left the game with a shoulder. If Banks and Flott are not playing, what are you going to do? 
Well, as you say, we need to send out a search party to find improvements because it's yeah. going to be a rough week coming up. Yeah, and, and Thibodeau, if Thibodeau is concussed and it's concussed for the entire week, that means there's one last pass rusher on the field. So, I mean, I don't have great – I don't have, like, unrealistic expectations, but I would hope to see some improvement. I think they can possibly run the ball and move the ball against, against uh, Washington. I don't know how – they're going to pass the ball because they're going to, have to do a lot of different things to try to figure out how to get the ball. But if they play, if everybody plays like Dallas plays and backs off a little bit and forces them to release the ball short, the people are going to come up and make, you know, three yard catches, four yards catches. Yeah, they, they, like we have a book on other teams, teams are starting to get a book on how we're playing right now because it's what we, what we have to offer. And the Giants also don't want to put Tommy DeVito in a position where he's throwing the ball 35 to 40 times because that's not going to put your team in a successful spot as well. So that's why the early down and distances and those possessions are going to tell an awful lot in the upcoming matchup against the Washington Commanders. Is that is going to wrap up? Yeah, go ahead. And thank Lance, like outside of the Arizona game, that might be the most points we scored in the game, correct? Yeah, well, you were talking about the point total. The only game that they got over 20 this season was the Arizona game. And yeah. that came, remember, in the final two quarters. Every yeah. other game, Howard, was less than 20 points. So this yeah. game fit within the trend from that standpoint. It wasn't really anything new. Yeah. And if you keep staying around the 17 to 20-point barometer, you're putting your defense in a very mm-hmm. tough position, and you're probably not going to win a lot of football games. And it really mm-hmm. doesn't matter what roster you put out there. And I yeah, think I that's a good way to <laughs> leave the conversation as that is going to wrap things up for us here on the latest edition of the Giants Hangout. Lance Meadow, Russ Salzberg, Howard Cross with you, with you each and every week as we recap the latest game. Also look ahead to the upcoming contest. You can stay locked to Giants.com, the mobile app, and your favorite podcast platform to tune in to the Giants Hangout. We'll speak to you next week. Have a good one.